If one of the hardest things to figure out these days is what to watch next, first of all, congrats. Second of all, you should check out HBO Max. Discover something new to watch on HBO Max like Lovecraft Country, the new HBO series from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams that's got everyone buzzing. Plus, HBO Max is the only place you'll find new binge-worthy Max originals like Selena Gomez's new cooking show. You heard that right. Selena Gomez's Learning to Cook, from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Let's talk about your cell phone carrier. When you think about your plan, does what you're getting feel fair? When it comes to staying connected, don't settle. When you switch to U.S. Cellular, not only do you upgrade to fair, you're also joining a reliable network you can trust to have your back. No hidden requirements, no activation fees. Now that's fair. Learn more at uscellular.com. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who does the Megan Rapino victory pose every time I send a good tweet, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today, we're going to play the 400th episode of Recode Decode, and I'm so thrilled. It is with Megan Rapino, the co-captain of the U.S. National Women's Soccer Team. This interview was recorded at the Mobile Marketing Association's CEO and CMO Summit in Sonoma, California. So let's go there now to hear my interview with Megan Rapino. Have a seat. We got everything? Right. Look at our chairs are decorated. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, there's... That's like lovely. Put it in front. Okay, all right. Yeah, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody. <laughs> I'm so excited for this interview. Um, I, I wore my sunglasses when I just recently interviewed uh, Pete Buttigieg, but I'm going to take them off for Megan, <laughs> which I never do. Um, I'm, you know I'm about sunglasses. I know you're about sunglasses. We're going to yeah, talk about your sunglass game and everything else. Let's start off talking about confidence, um, and we'll get to the game and everything else. One of the things you said that really struck me, which was a quote that you had, is, I deserve this, I want everything. It was a great quote that you had, which I thought was an astonishing quote, because when women say quotes like this, it makes people super uncomfortable. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about confidence. Where do you get that from, and how do you think it's perceived when when you say things like that? Hmm, good question. I, I'm not sure exactly where I get it from. Um, I think I'm born with it a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. I think I've been very successful in my career, so I get a lot of positive feedback in that way. Um, I mean, I think we're on a team that's incredibly successful, um, so that's part of it. But I think I also um, don't give very many of the F words, mm-hmm. and uh, well you can fit them in a really tiny bag. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I like know my worth and I know my value, or at least what I think it is. Um, maybe that comes in the face of never um, being compensated that way and always right. feeling like I deserve this. <laughs> I've earned it double and triple times over. Um, so that's kind of where that come, came mm-hmm. from, that I deserve this, actually, um, between one of my teammates and I, Ashlyn Harris. We were just like, you know what? We deserve this. We deserve everything. We deserve this parade. We deserve all the champagne that people are giving us. We deserve all the shine. We worked very hard for it. A little bit in jest, of course, but, but also um, 
I think to, to be that outspoken voice in the country right, right now, I, I, we're not just thankful to be there. Right. Um, I've worked very hard to get there and um, feel like, yeah, I deserve it. All right. Why not? So when you talk about that, that comment, is it, it isn't as common. It's definitely not common in, in the business world as much. And it's definitely not the case in Silicon Valley. When people, mm-hmm. uh, especially women, stand out, it's noticed. It's noticed in, not in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you talk to you? And you have a lot of young people here, especially young girls. How do you think about that in terms of getting that into our culture, the idea of owning your space? I think it's like, oh, it's owning your space. Because I was talking, lots mm-hmm. of people I talked to when I said I was going to interview you, they're like, well, I really like her, but she was real, you know, arrogant about what she said. And I said, first I said, F you, kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I said, I said, do you think about that when you think of Michael Jordan or when you think of Steph Curry or when you think of anyone else? And so many people are like, I don't. I don't yeah. think. I allow them to do that. <gasps> I don't. I don't. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. I'm, I am suddenly woke. Yeah. Um, and especially the, the, the pose that you did. How did you come up with that? Because that is a pose of, it's a little bit sort of gladiator, like mm-hmm. Russell Crowe in Gladiator. Like... <laughs> You know, are you not entertained? That is exactly where it came from. You're that, not from Gladiator <laughs> right. in particular. Right. Um, I actually did it one time before the World Cup, and it was in um, a friendly, so not massively important, but we were playing Australia, and they were sort of one of the favorites in the World mm-hmm. Cup. And we, the game was sort of back and forth, and I had scored the go-ahead goal mm-hmm. in the game and, you know, sold out crowd in Denver. And it was that moment of like, hmm. <laughs> I did this, you know, like obviously the team did it, but also just like, yeah, this is my moment. It's like, this is the whole point of, of the game is to score right. the goal. Um, but I think going back to the confidence thing, we're extremely lucky to, you know, very different from other women at the top of their, um, at the top of their game or in their business. And yeah. We're with 23 or 25 other women all the time. They're at the very mm-hmm. pinnacle of what they do, which I right. think is... You know, extreme. It, that's probably nothing else like it. I think if you're at the top of your game, there's mm-hmm. there's only one of you, or there's, um, you know, maybe a couple of you in the office, or a couple C suites. You know, if if that. So I feel like it's normal for us to kind of be that way and to have that confidence and to sort of take up space because we take up so much space as a team and there's mm-hmm. so many different personalities within that. Um, so I think we're we're really lucky to sort of grow up in that way and not have to always be kind of the only one in the room. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really hard to take up all of that space and to have that kind of confidence when you're sort of the only one all the time. So the team itself, even though it's the best and it won many years ago, um, has been one of the best in the world. It's still been marginalized in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways um, within the sport itself. Um, Talk a little about that now. And then you're getting all this attention now. Yeah, it's... (sighs) It's, a, it's an amazing and frustrating existence to be on the women's national team all at one time. Um, we feel like, you know, it's, it sort of goes in this kind of every four-year cycle. Sure. Um, winning is, is the most important and the thing that makes the most difference, obviously. And obviously winning this time, we won four years ago, but we hadn't won the World Cup, you know, before that mm-hmm. since 99. Um, and we, it, we're still just kind of in this old system, this sort of old world. You know, we, we try to, as much as we can, push the Federation as far as we can. It's hard as well because we're 23 players that constantly change in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just now in the last couple of years starting to get our Players Association 
much more robust and organized, so that helps. But it, it's sort of this revolving door of players. And at certain times, you have you know, a veteran group of players that are really good, incredible, strong leaders. And then at times, you don't. And, and mm -hmm. I think our progress as a team has kind of ebbed and flowed with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think now we're in a, in a really good period where we're very organized, coupled with you know, really strong, powerful women in, in our leadership group. But it's, it's incredibly frustrating. It's, a, it's not really a complicated problem. I think the Federation tries to make it a complicated problem all of the time. But right. um, I How think so? too, I How mean, do they make it complicated? Oh, they always say, oh, the market realities are such that you shouldn't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not very good at your job, okay? So maybe you should just market realities yourself. <laughs> um, you know, whether it's TV ratings or they want to say, oh, you don't bring in as, not, uh, yeah. as much yeah, that's the, that, revenue. That, that, yeah. And it's like, well, you, in, you know, how are you investing equally? Are you investing equally in the youth programs? Do we have a youth academy? Are you right. investing equally in coaching staff and branding and marketing and the whole yeah. thing? So it's like, yeah. yeah, you can say that we don't bring in or have historically not brought in as much revenue as the men's team. But if you're not investing as equally, it's just like, it's so simple. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just under Funny, the Funny, it's the same argument in tech. It's an interesting thing that it becomes mm -hmm. the same thing is we don't, uh, we can't hire women because there's not enough women and we try to hire women, but they're not there. It continues just, to be the same thing. Yeah, it's it's not a difficult equation. So what do you, what, let's talk first about the, ga the game itself and then I want to figure out what, what, yeah, what you want to do to that. fix. There was what a was game. That? Let's was, talk about the game. There was a game. <laughs> so you, talk a little bit about that. Just how, what are your highlights from that, from that experience? Oh, from the whole tournament? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, seeing Rose Lavelle score in the final, mm -hmm. big highlight for me. Mm -hmm. um, she was phenomenal the whole time. Um, all the younger players, really, all the ones that had never been there before, um, just to see the joy that they had and the, mm -hmm. the way that they performed was a big highlight. It felt like it was a home World Cup yet again. Mm -hmm. um, Canada felt like that as well, red, white, and blue everywhere, with the exception of the France game in Paris, which was an incredible atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, every game felt like a home game, mm -hmm. um, which is <clears throat> really nice to be overseas and to have that kind of support. Um, I scored lots of goals. That yes. Was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The team scored lots of goals. That was fun. Yeah. Actually, lots of goals happening. We scored in every game, you know, multiple goals. Talk about how game. you do that, like besides being wildly talented in sports. And this is some, trust me when I tell you, I'm not the best at sports ball. Um, I, I literally am the only lesbian who is not a great liker of sports. Um, but I can see talent. Until now. I, until now. Yes, actually, until now. I really wasn't that interested. And then someone was like, oh, this Megan Rapinoe is great. I'm like, all right. Oh, I like her hair. Like, that's how it went. And I like you saying you love yourself and I like your arm thing. And I said, I understand power politics. I love this. This is fantastic. But how do you get, how do you do, I mean, I know how I get things. How do you, how do you get things when you're a, an athlete like this, a high-performance athlete? What do you think sets you apart? I think everyone at this level is, you know, the, incredible. The, difference, the differences are so small. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think confidence is a big thing. Um, just believing in yourself all the time and that, not necessarily that you're better than everyone else. I don't like really the comparing game. I think that's kind of a slippery slope. Um, but just knowing that you're great and, mm -hmm. and believing in yourself in that way. Staying physically in the best shape that you possibly can is incredibly important. So you're always available for selection. You can always play. How, how much do you work out a day when you're in? <sighs> Last 10 days, zero. 
<laughs> it's kind of a scene, actually. I'm like, I should stretch or do something, but... I haven't had time. I've been I'm not I making mean, you feel guilty, but... No, it's what, bad. You don't um, have to. A lot, though. I mean, like, two... At least two, two and a half hours a day with uh-huh. sort of prehab, rehab, the training, all of that, and then the recovery piece, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, we call naps and massages work. Okay, So that's part of my, you yeah, know, yeah. normal daily job. And then, I don't know, the I guess the... The mental side as well, I think that that's really important. Mm-hmm. I think athletes can get inside their head a lot, especially when you're in a team sport. It's easy to compare to a lot of other people. So just mm-hmm. keeping yourself sharp and sort of grounded and understanding that um, you're never going to be the best at every single thing. Just be the best at the one thing that no one else can do. So mm-hmm. bring that. So when you were, uh, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, when you were doing the penalty kicks, mm-hmm. um, what? How do you? Good so how, far. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go way down from here. But how do you get in the mindset to get it in? <laughs> yeah. Um, I keep I keep a very uh, strict routine. Right. Okay. So well, that helps me not think about the screaming crowd. Yeah. And everything, else. everything else that's going on. Um, right. I let the crowd in though. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not the kind of athlete that like gets like in the zone. I feel like my zone yeah. is when I'm like, you know, giving a wink to the crowd for a corner kick and I'm right. sort of like aware of everything that's going on and sometimes right. like a song is stuck in my head. Like I'm not trying to block everything out. That sounds right. terrifying. I'm just, then it's just me. You know? Right, yeah. That's that would that's too much. Um, <laughs> so I try to keep the same routine every time. Um, Normally, I'm sort of knowing where I'm going before, mm-hmm. and I usually um, do the same thing, except on the one in the final. I had like a strategy session with myself in my head. I was like, she's really long and really good, and she's gonna be able to stretch where I wanna go, and she's also. This is the goalie. Yeah, Thank goalie. You. If she's like a goaltender. Goal if tender. she's, um, you know, watched any film of me, obviously during the World Cup, but then also even for the last like three years. In most of the big moments, I've always gone like power into a certain place, and mm-hmm. so I just feel like I got to switch it up. So that all kind of went into it, and of course with VAR now the like video assistant refereeing. It was like this right. whole replay system. It takes forever, and they have to go over the sideline, and it takes like you know an extra five minutes to do everything. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of time thinking. So I went through all that, and then just try to. I mean, I love big moments. I don't know. I don't get that nervous in the big moments. I right. just, like, right. love it. I love the attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I never think, like, oh, what if I miss it in this moment? I'm, like, can't wait to score so I can, like, get all of this. Right. Yeah. That's, that's probably really the that's secret probably behind the secret. it. There yeah. it is. And I'm, like, if I do this, I get this reward. This would be great. Right. Okay. I love that. So, um, speaking of attention... Uh, let's talk about Trump. Did that help you get yeah. get into the mindset? Like, I'm, this guy challenged me to get these goals. I think I'm going to kick his ass. Oh, sorry. oh gosh. Sorry. I mean, it was uh, actually my initial reaction was like, "This is LOL. This is crazy talk." Like, right. how many national security items did you skip over? And you're like, hmm. Let me just tweet Megan Rapino. Like, what? What is that? What are you like doing? Iran, yeah. North Korea, southern border. All good. We're just gonna. That's fine. I'm gonna, you know, go on a crazy tirade with weird capitals all over the place and yeah. like, right. challenging me. Um, so, what did that feel like? So what did that, strange. What did that feel like? 
Because you had given that interview and you cursed yeah. a little bit in it mm-hmm. and said, I'm not going there. Yeah. It, was, it was just a one-off interview, right? Yeah, the interview was actually a couple of months before. Right. Um, and then someone had been holding on to that little golden nugget for <laughs> a couple of months. Honestly, I don't, it, it, it wasn't like, oh my God, the person tweeted. It actually, someone had told me, one of our media people, right. like, sent me a text that he didn't say it in it, but I was like, oh, I've done something. Like, right. I've done something bad. Right. Um, and so I, you know, I don't follow him, and I went on Twitter and looked at it, and I was like, this is crazy. I right. mean, what is going on? This is so insane. Right. And we're like, we're going to win, so this is not going to age well. Okay. <laughs> So, you had to win. I felt like you had, had to win. You had to yeah. win. Had so, to win. When, did, 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 and I was also like, you know what? This is so rude. This is like, <laughs> like you are, you should be pr- like doing everything you can or not doing anything. Right. To like make this team successful. People are getting on board. It's the World Cup. It's yeah. America. You love America. Like, go USA. We're wearing red, white, and blue. Like, you're super into this. And then the biggest game of the tournament, which is the biggest, yeah. you know, not just to, to, the, to the date that we played, but like, this was going to be the biggest game. This is France, USA. This is like right. the biggest thing. And like, you're heaping down this like bold on all of us. Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. This yeah. is so rude. But I feel like it actually sort of unified the team. Everyone was like, you're a G, Pino! Like, yeah. <laughs> get him! You know, from the back of the bus. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It kind of unified everyone in that way. But I was also like, you're rude. This is it, rude. Right. Did you think about going to the White House then? Yeah, no. No. Not unless I'm being inducted. Okay, inducted. Inaugurated. We're, we're going we're to get to that yeah. politics later. Not unless um, I'm swearing in. When you're swearing in. We're going to get the politics yeah. later. But w- no. when, you, when you were in that moment, it didn't, it didn't add pressure to, your, to what was going on. No, not really. I, I had already, we had already had, like, some other controversy in it. We always have lots of controversy. Right. Your I was hair. already slated. Your hair, for yeah, example. Yeah, the hair and the, you know, the celebrations, everything. I was already slated to do the press conference. Mm-hmm. I love a good press conference. I was actually, like, hyped for the press conference. I'm like, Jill, I got this. You're good. <laughs> no one wants to ask you questions. Okay. Um, so I just addressed it right away, and it was fine. I mean, there was a little stress added, obviously. Yeah. Um, that ratchets things up. Yeah. Um, a whole new level, and you know, there's all of these things that go along with, you know, being at the ire of Donald Trump. But, yeah, I want to talk about your communication style too. Um, but first, so then that game, what happened in the game? You just, they were just resting you for the last game? Is that the one in between? Yeah. The France, uh, no, I actually uh, had a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. So I heard it at some point in the second half of the France game. Wasn't able to go for the game against England. Mm-hmm. The ladies had it. Full confidence, and then was able to make it back for the final. You had to be in the final, though, right? I had to, yeah. yeah. It was. I was actually a little nervous. Like I had, you know, I had done my rehab and you know gotten to a certain speed that you know two days before, and then pretty much full sprinted mm-hmm. the day before. Mm-hmm. But you never really like you can't really get to the level that you are at in a game in training. Right. Um, so then the first, you know. Very quickly in the game, actually, I like had a sprint that I had to do right in the beginning, and I was kind of like, "This is either going to hold on or not." Right, right. And it was okay, so I was very thankful for that. Good. So, talk about your how you look at 
putting yourself out. When you, you said you love a great press conference, you're very good at Instagram. Your entire parade over on Instagram <laughs> was quite something. The champagne, the yeah. sunglasses. Yeah. How do you think about that? How do you think about marketing yourself? Because really, you're the product in a lot of ways. I don't put a lot of thought in it, to okay. be honest. I think this, I'm pretty open and transparent as a person. Mm -hmm. um, I would say anyone who follows me on Instagram, if they sort of were at a dinner party of mine, it would be quite similar. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think with social media, I think it's, it's sort of a love-hate relationship. Um, as athletes, as you know, people of interest or famous people or whatever, you kind of have to do it, and mm -hmm. it's such a part of the business, and there's mm -hmm. real money opportunity in it and opportunity to sort of grow yourself and your brand and raise awareness. Mm -hmm. um, but then again, I'm always like, you know, taking a selfie, I'm like, do people want to see this? Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, they do. Yeah. They yeah. want to see it. It's right. weird. It's right. like, right. I don't want to see this. You know? okay. But then it's, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do this. But, right. but then, I don't know, I, I feel like I've, the stories has been a good addition right. to, uh, to Instagram and just being able to kind of get it out there and then like let it go away a little bit. Uh -huh. um, but I don't, I don't put too much thought in it, to be honest. I try to just sort of be myself and I like to have a good time. I like to interact. I'm very social and sort of have a, a high capacity before I need to introvert for like one minute and then I'm back again. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't really think about it too much. I just sort of enjoy it. And the parade, I was like, you guys thought my performance in the World Cup was good. Just wait until the celebrations. Some of my teammates, I'm like, get yourselves so you planned ready. It. You plan the celebrations. I don't really plan the, well, like the goal celebrations. Oh, this, you seem like you had every, every prop in place. Like the clothes, the sunglasses, the oh. champagne. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was just like, you know, you're going to be in these moments. Like, it's just like, this is, that was fun for me. Right. I'm like, I know how to do this. This is going to be, this is, it's also like, like in all seriousness, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. You know, New York City shuts down for you. Right. You can't be a dead, you right. know? Right. <laughs> can't just, you know, wear a plain shirt. I mean, they make us wear those shirts, but, you know, you got to be ready for this. Right. You can't yeah. just go like this. Yeah. No, no, you wanted to you do that. Show. You want people to think you're cool and your sport's cool and you want to, like, change the world. We're going to take a quick break now. We'll be back after this with Megan Rapino, who needs no introduction. Searching for what to stream next? HBO Max is where all of HBO meets the greatest collection of movies, shows, and Max originals for everyone in the family. Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. If you're an early adopter, you get that your devices and your connections need to be fast and help make your life better. But you might be forgetting one thing. Tech should be fair, too. Fairness isn't a new idea but it is to wireless. That's where U.S. Cellular comes in. At U.S. Cellular, people come first. And that means a fast, reliable connection with no hidden requirements and no activation fees. They'll even pay you back for unused data. 
When you upgrade to U.S. Cellular, you upgrade to FAIR. Learn more at uscellular.com. So let's dutch. talk about getting people to pay attention to women's soccer. Where are we right now? Like in, from, a, from a people, you have these, mm-hmm. if you would do that voice again of the soccer official. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, so how do you yeah. get that up? You, you've pushed really hard on pay equity for women. Mm-hmm. Where are you right now? And what do you think needs to be done to get to it? Because those are the arguments you get. Whenever I tweet about you, yeah. a lot of people are like, well, and here's the statistics. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah wow. Well, let me tell you about yeah. Yeah, everything yeah. I don't know about. Yeah. yeah. Well, right now we're in the middle of negotiating where our mediation will be and when right. it'll take place. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. So that's sort of the first step where both sides have come together and decide probably settling is a, be- is a better mm-hmm. idea than going full on. But we'll see where they are. Obviously, things... It's like things have changed dramatically. We're even in a better position than we were before, but I think that we were in a great position before that as well. I don't think right. they have um, <clears throat> much of a leg to stand on in that sense, and certainly not now. And I don't, I really don't understand the continued fight. It's like, where are we going in the world? You know, mm-hmm. are we going more towards the side that you're fighting against, or are we not? Like, mm-hmm. the, the team is at just an all time popularity that far surpasses anything that sport could ever do. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they don't want to attach themselves to that. Mm-hmm. And really- So why don't they want to attach themselves to that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, even when people ask me like, what's up with women's sports? Why aren't we down with it? Like, is it just sexism? Like, is it just institutional sexism that we're just like not into? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I, I honestly, I don't have a great answer. I think we've proved Time and time again, we're entertaining. We're, you know, great role models. Um, you know, the, the national team is wildly marketable and mm-hmm. successful and has superstars and we're fun and we're good. And, uh, I don't, I, it's like, I don't, I'm, a, I'm at a complete loss. What about this is not? <laughs> What's the hold up? What's the hold up? Rain money down yeah, on Yeah, and in a way, it's like, I feel like the argument is always like, well, when you, you know, when you do this, then it'll be worth it. And it's like, what kind of business operates that way without, okay. like, massive upfront investment? investment? Right. So I, I don't understand. And it's like we keep reaching these, these benchmarks and blowing them out of the water and right. continually proving that without the proper investment, without equal investment, without all of these things, we're still... You know, super profitable. What in your ideal world would you like then? Billionaires. Billionaires, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you look at the MLS. Like, why has the MLS been able to be so successful? They have, you know, huge pockets Mm -hmm. in their investment groups. Right. I mean, huge. Like, to look at what Atlanta United has done in the last couple of years. I mean, they basically built this team in five or six years. Mm -hmm. And there's 70,000 people at their game every Mm -hmm. single. It's like people aren't just craving soccer that much Mm -hmm. that they're, you know, filling up these stadiums. No, they have great people working for them and they're investing in them and they have, you know, great coaches and players and marketing and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And Arthur Blank. Right. Hello. So so do you think about breaking off on your own? I mean, Billie Jean King did that. Didn't work as well. Off the the women's women's circuit when they weren't, they did Virginia Slims, which Mm -hmm. was an unfortunate selection of sponsor as we we look back on it. yeah. Yeah, try not to that do that. That didn't live long. That didn't live long. Uh, yeah. Try not to use Facebook as your, as your sponsor this time. No, I'm teasing. Mm-hmm. Um, what, 
how do you look at it? Do you need to pull off and do your own thing to prove it? Or you don't have television, you don't have what? Like, um, what do you need? It's difficult. There's not really an option to pull off because all of, you know, the world's game is governed by FIFA and the confederations and the individual federations. Mm -hmm. So all of the games that we play are within the FIFA dates. All of the leagues right. are sanctioned by FIFA. I mean, we could... We already are basically a traveling circus. I guess we could like legitimately be a traveling circus. And, <laughs> but then you have to find the teams to play, and every federation would have to break off in order to So your, your do option that. is to be loud to get this yeah. money. Yeah. And your ideal thing would be to get what? Keep the focus on it. Keep the focus on it, yes. My ideal thing, first and foremost, would be uh, like a major paradigm shift within the federation. So mm -hmm. we can talk about compensation. We can talk about, you know money, all of these other things. But until I think they really have like a, a major shift in their thinking about how they're going to approach the women's team, how they're going to approach both teams, to be honest. I think the business on both sides can be run far better than it is. Um, that's the first step. Because otherwise we're just, we're going to keep having contention because they're going to keep, you know, coming from this perspective that mm -hmm we're paid what we're worth and, you know, we should just sort of shut up and play. Shut up and play. Yeah. Is that what you're all, how does the team feel about this now? They're going to not play or they, you're going to get what you want to get? I think that, it, well, we're in the middle of our CBA right now. Right. So um, I do believe there's no strike clause in there. But, I mean, certainly if it, you know, I think it's up in two years or two and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think anybody's all that interested in continuing this fight and what's happening mm -hmm. right now and sort of the, the general disrespect and mm -hmm. um, bad you, feelings that you, we have. Do you think it's disrespect to these players? Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. I mean, to sit, you know, at a negotiation table across from someone who's saying, well, market reality, and it's like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Do you do That's that? That's pretty condescending. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So what is your best argument? <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just rude, you know? Right. Especially because we are making money. Right. So I'm like, if you just invest more, then we can make more money. Then everyone can make more money. Who doesn't right. want more money? Right. You know? Right. Everybody wants money. I don't understand. All right. Let's talk about that. What is going to, what are you, you going to do next? Are you going to play in the next World Cup? I do not know yet. Um, I'm for sure going to go through next summer, which is the Olympics in Tokyo and kind of assess after that. Um, I've said for a long time and, and will still say I want to play as long as I'm able and as long physically as I can and I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we'll see. Well, what does that, that mean, physically as I... It, like if I can like keep going and keep at the level. Right. Um, it's, it's very... I mean, I'm 34 now. I'll be 35 next summer. Um, it's very physically demanding. The game is... And it's soccer is sort of one of those sports you can't really cheat around being old. There's no way to kind of like mm -hmm. get <laughs> smarter, right. you know, way smarter and right. like physically get a little less. Right, um, right. You can right. lose a little bit, right. but um, it's, it's difficult to, to stay at that level all the time. Do you know they're working on body replacement stuff in Silicon Valley now? <laughs> Sign her up. <laughs> Me. Uh, Elon Musk wants to put neural networks in the back I, here. That podcast with Joe Rogan was so wild. Yeah. Did yeah. you listen to it? Yes, I did. Uh, yes. I was like, <laughs> shook the whole time. I was like, when do I order my chip? Right. It'd okay. be great. What would you do with a chip? I don't know. What can you do with it? Anything. Speak French, for example. I don't know. That would be great. All right. Google okay. things way more quickly. Google things immediately um, and stuff like that. I mean, it's terrifying. But, but, but do you, would, would you want to keep playing if you could do stuff like that? 
I don't know. It's a lot. It's a grind. There's a lot of like, a lot of days in the hotel. Right. A um, lot of time away from friends and family. A lot of time not being able to do, other, you kind of have to like put everything on hold while you're doing it. You can't really dive into any other interests um, that you have sort of fully. Um, it's kind of like Groundhog's Day. It's not like the worst day, but especially getting older, it's not as you know, emotionally or intellectually stimulating as mm-hmm. I think an adult needs at times. So what um, else so do you want to do? Good question. Um, I started a company this year with um, this yep, clothing. Yep. Explain with, that. Um, two of my teammates and one of our former teammates. It's called. Um, it's called Reink. Reink. So right now we're in clothing. Uh, it's more like a lifestyle brand, kind of like a higher end esh lifestyle brand. Um, we want so to shake up. The clothing is what? What are you trying to do that's different than an Under Armour? You're with Nike. It's not sports clothing not sport. at all. It's a fashion brand. Okay. Yeah. So we want to sort of break out of of the and sports. And what's the, what's the two-second elevator pitch. It's clothing that... Yeah, what? the two-second elevator pitch is that it's coming from women who want to shake up the status quo. Right. Um, we definitely want to, not just diversity and inclusion, all that for the reasons, but we really want to, you know, bring our message and, and our style. We feel like we've been put in such a box with women's sports in particular of right. either you're like, you know, sort of girl next door if you're like... Alex and you're beautiful or so you're like, oh, show. I'm the gay one, you know? Right, okay. Even it's like, even when you're alternative, it's like, oh, that's gay political one, you know, or this is the, this one. Um, right, right, right. We feel sort of boxed in in a lot of ways right. and we never really get to bring like our full selves so what, to it. So what's the look of the clothes? Um, it'll be like a head-to-toe sweatsuit for right. the first one. Very cool. We'll have sort of, we want to kind of give like a, not necessarily gender neutral, because um, that's also a very specific look, um, right. but sort of like a palette. So we'll have hoodies and sweatshirts and crop tops and bike shorts and shorts and tights and sweats. Right. And it's like you get to pick sort of what you want for what the day and do. sometimes you're more... But it's not necessarily, feminine. you're talking gender neutral. What does that mean? I mean, because is it androgynous or what are you going for? Um, we don't really like to say gender neutral or androgynous because I feel like that's a very specific, that's just kind of like, sort of look like a boy a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. kind of what androgyny means. But, like, I think the full, uh, the sweatsuit will provide you the option that if maybe one day you want to look a little bit more boyish, you can, or one day you want to look a bit more girlish, you can. When if you want to match, mix and match, then you can. We sort of give you the template, the clothes has all the template, and then you get to decide how you're feeling on that day. So why fashion? Why did you decide to do that? I love fashion. Okay. Big, big fan of fashion. For me, it's like the main way that I express myself. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously my big mouth, that helps. But um, right, right. the other way, it's like you have to get up and get dressed every morning. I think clothes are just something that makes me feel good mm-hmm. and, and really like expresses how I'm feeling from day to day. It like changes like dramatically. Mm-hmm. Some days I'm like, I only wear black. <laughs> Hello, and then, what? You know, and then I'm in, yeah, I know. No, and then is- I'm like, I'm in a neon sweatsuit the next yeah. day and yeah. you know, all kinds of crazy things. But yeah, I wear black because it matches. It does, yeah. 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 Black's yeah. great. I mean, yeah. there's, it's yeah. not a color, someone told me, but it's shade. No, it's not. It's yeah. not. It's a shade. But yeah. it's the best color. So you. So what else do you want to do? What else are you going to do? And then we're going to get some questions from the audience. What else do you think you want to do? Where do you <sighs> see yourself in five, 10 years? Oh, I don't know. Probably in New York City doing something. Um, I definitely want to stay connected to soccer in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully continuing to use my voice to push things along. I can't imagine we'll be... Um, in the place we want to be even in 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, to be honest. Um, do you have any ideas for me? I have many. There's yes. so many. There's right. so many. Running for office. Oh. No? Seems like a lot of responsibility. <laughs> okay. A lot of like... But it's such a low bar now. But go... What, that's, that's true. I have been saying, everyone's saying like, oh, are you going to run for president? And I'm like, I am wildly unqualified. And they're like... Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one cares. But what about in Seattle? I got a couple of texts from people in Seattle saying they wish you would run for something there. I don't oh. know what. I mean, I think for now, I'm... Here's go. She ever thinks about getting involved in more local <laughs> Seattle politics. Not necessarily running, but we have homeless problems here, and she's extremely we well-informed. Yeah. Apparently, you're extremely well-informed. You don't want to... You don't think uh, politics is for you? Um, I don't think it's not for me, but... I'm not sure political office is for me. I think I'm, I'm, at least at this point, I mean, I'm very political. I want to always stay informed and stay involved and be involved in whatever way I can throw whatever weight this is Do, do you around. think of yourself um, as an activist or no? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For? Um, lots of things. I mean, everything. Everything that's messed up right now. Right. Um, what would be on the top of that list? Oof. So many to choose from. So many to choose, unfortunately. I mean, immigration, obviously, right now, I think, is an extremely pressing mm -hmm. issue. What's happening at the southern border, um, our prison system and um, mass incarceration. I mean, it's like, once you get into one thing, it's everything. It's all the same sort of thing. Who, who is an inspiration for you, then? I mean, that, that piece in, in ESPN magazine about your brother speaking of incarceration mm -hmm. was astonishing. That was an astonishing American family. It was a really interesting story, not just about you, but about your brother who's incarcerated. Your mom seemed to me to be the hero of this story. She's um, amazing. Can you talk about that a little bit? What, what is, when that, when that, that you obviously lived the life, but a lot of people mm -hmm. didn't know that about you. Yeah, I mean, I think growing up that way really helped sort of shape my worldview. You know, mm -hmm. coming from a, a normal family, especially as I got older and, you know, on the national team and some level of fame. And I was never, um, you know, trying to hide that. I always spoke pretty openly about that, but it was just your, your sort of normal quintessential family in an era when opioids were given out like candy. Mm -hmm. um, and just to see, to see him in particular, he's so wonderful and he has, you know, a similar disposition to me. We're, we're actually very similar. I often see um, his face in the mirror. It's really weird, like right here, it's mm -hmm. like these little lines. Um, but I think to see how wonderful he is and just to see the way that he was just swept up in this system. Opioids, and like, white nationalism, all kinds yeah, of things. Everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, and to, you know, to take just this normal kid and you know, all, he probably just needed you know, drug rehab and mm -hmm. um, some, some support like that. Um, and instead, yeah, he's you know, swept up in the prison system and he's in Pelican Bay and he's getting swastika tattoos and he's part of the Aaron Brotherhood and feeling like you know, he has to be violent to you know, be important in prison and just his whole kind of course of his life. And then him sort of coming through it and realizing like, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm in prison for the same reason that, you know, kind of everyone else is in a lot of ways, everyone who's sort of swept up who probably should have not even been arrested in the first place. Right. Um, and I think he just realized so much of the bigger issue. And I think, you know, growing up having that perspective and as I got older and started to understand intersectionality and realizing what all of those things mean and race relations and mass incarceration and, you know, the drug problems and all of that. It's just like everything is connected for me. Yeah. So while I'm not 
a person of color, um, I can understand um, how mass incarceration affects everybody. And I right. can understand the, the greater sort of impact of it and how it's not one individual that is the issue, it's the whole system with which we live in and how it negatively affects everyone except, you know, Koch brothers or something. Right, you know, just the Koch brothers. Just them, you know, yeah, it's like yeah. a few people um, are, are excluded, but really it's like the rest of us are just sort of at the mercy of the system that's not really working at its right. full capacity for anyone. Where did you find the strength to, like when I read that, I thought that, especially the white nationalism, I don't think I could speak to, my brother voted for Trump and I'm still not talking to him. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I mean, you know, you, yeah, I have, I'm from, um, Trump country, right in California. It's right. it's very conservative. A lot of my family right. members, I'm but sure, you, voted for Trump. But your whole family showed a lot of kindness to him through a very difficult period. I thought that was really quite remarkable. Yeah, I mean, we were horrified. We were right. like, what in the hell is that? Are you kidding? You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, because yeah. we knew that he, it's, that's not, he wasn't, you know, especially because every time he would come out of prison, mm -hmm. that was kind of, you know, to the wayside. He's just a drug addict. He's just looking for heroin, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so we knew that, and I think we all understood that, you know, there's certain life in prison that he was living that maybe he felt like he had to live, but I think he also found power in that he could mm -hmm. be sort of some badass kind of person. Um, but I think we all sort of understood that there was, you know, just such a larger picture happening here. Right, um, right. And so, and I mean, I don't know, we have a, a very big loving family. We're all fucking kooky and crazy, and there's a million things happening, it's like, I mean, he's, a, he's like, you know, a major issue in the family, but there's right. other stuff going on, too. Okay, <laughs> like, all right. Don't be so, turning your nose up at this. Okay. There's How does your family on. feel about all this? Are they, they must be thrilled. Yeah, they're thrilled. Um, they're worried about me, of course. Um, yeah. I think especially after the, the tweets, there's, you know, some kind of crazy members in, in Trump's space. So I think they're Have you concerned. gotten, you know, are oh, you, are yeah. you a, an honorary member of the squad now? I hope so. That would be like <laughs> goals. Right, okay. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. I think that the, they're so proud of me, though. Yeah. I think that they always just want me to, you know, for my message to be with love and about unity. And sometimes I'm like, well, that's not really what we need in the moment, but sometimes that is. Yeah. And I think it's, it's actually been really amazing because it's forced us all to have really hard conversations. I mean, the kneeling thing was like, oh, God, the family was just What did they shook. say? By the kneeling. I mean, really? this is, you know, for people I, don't know, you, you kneeled. Yeah, in, in, alongside Colin Kaepernick. Right. Um, and every, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, it's very, you know, confronting. I have, you know, you know police so officers in our family. Did, yeah. yeah, and, you know, military members in our family and just in general, um, a pretty conservative family. So to, to actually be able to have those conversations about what it what it really means, what right. I was doing it for, and sort of the bigger picture of it um, was just an, you know, sort of an, an incredible, I guess, silver lining of all of the negativity. So let me ask the last question then. To do that takes a lot. To put your arms out takes a lot. To do all these things. You inspire a lot of people, obviously. What has been your inspiration? What keeps you replenished, I guess? That's a very mm. Sonoma word. Yeah. Wine, mostly. Wine, um, wine. Yeah. <laughs> Just red wine, really. Um, my mom is a huge inspiration for me. Um, she grew up, she's one of eight, um, second oldest of eight, so she kind of helped raise her family. Both parents were alcoholics. They died very young. Um, grew up dirt poor, didn't have anything. 
And I think just from an early age, she kind of instilled in us, like you just never know where anyone comes from. You never know their story. You never know what they're going through. I just love, oh. love my mom. She's so cute. Um, but yeah, just to, just to have that sort of empathy and it's not enough just to be like, oh, that's, you know, that person. Like you, you have a responsibility to, to do something and to, you know, extend yourself further beyond, you know, what's just important to you. So I think with all of the activism and everything, I think that's like at the heart of it, really where it comes from. And it's like, we all live in this world together. We mm -hmm. all sort of have some sort of responsibility, whatever it may be. Not everybody is, you know, famous or mm -hmm. not everybody is you who has the mm -hmm. platform that you do, but, you know, everybody has family and friends and people that they work with. And like, you know, everybody can do something. Mm -hmm. So I think that's... I'd be remiss now that know. I realize it. I, I left out your partner, Sue Bird, who is yeah. epic. Who's an epic, epic athlete. I know. I'm uh, so unimpressive compared to Sue. Yeah. It's like, I think it was Van Jones the other night. He was like reading off all the uh, accomplishments. Right. And it would be like, you know, you know, five gold medals. Sue has right. four. It'd right. be like, you know, all these WNBA championships. Obviously, I have none. You know, all right. these NCAA championships, all these everything championships. Right. And I'm like, yeah. Good job, babe. Yeah. 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 You're quite a yeah. pair. Her essay yeah, about knowing about you was the most was the best piece of writing out of the entire yeah. thing. How yeah, do you guys sweet. interact together? I mean, you're now the famous lesbian couple, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've surpassed <laughs> Ellen and Portia. Apparently, yeah, right? yeah. Move over. Move over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we've only been able to spend a few days. So together. you get along better. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're actually in the process of navigating that. I think we're both trying to figure out sort of where we land. I mean, obviously we're used to being, you know, not this level of famous, but some sort of famous. And right. um, we're both, you know, pretty low key, um, very supportive of each other. It's not really a competition because she has like 10 times the more impressive career than I do. So we just, mm -hmm. we just know that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we're kind of trying to figure out sort of what it all means and, and navigate. Are you married? Are you married? Is that correct or not? No. Are you going to get married? I don't know. I was asking the other day. I'm like, let's go to City Hall. I'll get married. She's like, you never talked about marriage before. Okay. I thought, she's like, I thought she didn't want to. I'm like, mm, feeling romantic. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's weird. Like from a societal standpoint, I'm like, I don't need to get married. Like, you know, it's just a lot. But then, you know, it's just her and I, and I yeah. love her so. We're going to take another break now. We'll be back after this with Megan Rapino, the co-captain of the U.S. national women's soccer team, and frankly, a badass. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are always ready to help you personalize your insurance plan so you can create a policy that fits your needs. You can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. And you can always call one of the State Farm agents in neighborhoods across the country. Get a great rate without sacrificing great service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Questions from the audience and Megan Rapino, by the way. Um, let's do some questions. We're going to start with these young people here. You all have some good questions, I hope. And then we'll get to some people in the audience, too. Okay. So get ready, Megan. These are the tough ones. I know. Go ahead. The heavy hitters. Oh, he's got. He's bringing the iPhone. Uh -oh. oh no. Oh wow. It's a pair. Oh. Ah, oh, Dorbs. Oh. Dorbs. All right. Go ahead. 
As the world's, world's best women's soccer player, what would be your advice for, for two kids? kids who would want to grow, grow up and be like you? Oh, dear. Oh, goodness. Yeah, what's okay, it going to Okay, well, we're going to get some bleach and some pink hair dye. <laughs> we'll start there. Um, I would say that there's two most important things. To always believe in yourself, always have that confidence in yourself, so then other people know how they should treat you and know that they can have confidence in you. So always, you know, stand up with your big chest out. Um, and always have fun. I always have fun when I play. I think that's the most important thing. I really um, enjoy what I do on the field. Um, and I think when I have a, a frown on my face, then I'm not reaching my full potential. So to always try to enjoy those moments and realize that it's, it's a game and it should be fun. It's a game. All right, next question. Yeah. Another question? Oh, another? Okay, Does any, I just want to make sure it is. Okay, go ahead, quick. You stood up to be the big bully in the White House. What can we do to stand up against bullying every day in school? Oh, that's a good one. I think with bullies, they're really insecure and they're sad in their own right. So I try to stay away from name-calling, but also um, stick up for the people that they're trying to bully and realize that you have the strength within you because you have the positivity and that's powerful. And I think that when someone's bullying, they're coming from a place of negativity and that doesn't give you power, that makes you smaller. All right. Next question. Questions? Uh, I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh, Swisher Rapino 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She would be at the top of the ticket. I would no, be like no, the no. one in the back actually yeah. beating up the bullies. We can swap yeah. it. It's yeah. fine. She would yeah. be actually doing stuff. Yeah. I have a different advice. I think you pop the bully right now. Yeah, that's fine. But that's fine. <laughs> um, being a woman in technology and kind of fighting the same battle you are, um, how do you stay resilient and positive and not let it get to you? Because it is hard to face that every single day. It is very frustrating um, and very hard. I, I mean, I think a good shower rant is always good. Just like give it to them, you know, everything you can't say. Uh, big believer in the, the personal. Um, what are you saying in the shower then? <laughs> you know, just like, ah! Um, I would say seek out other women. Obviously, we're very lucky to be around, you know, 23 other women who are going through the same thing at the same time. Not everyone um, has that luxury, but I think a lot of times what's hard is like you start to question and doubt yourself and you're like, is this, should I really be paid this much? And just like get a girl next to you is like, hell yeah, you deserve it and more. Um, but just to have that sort of support system, I think is really important. And what about you? Sorry, yeah. What about yeah. if you're not on a team <laughs> with uh, all women? I know, then you have to seek it out. Um, right. I think that, um, you know, I don't know, companies like The Wing, um, right. something like sure. that, or I don't know if there's like message boards or just other women at work. And kind of be really, I think, open about it as well. I think, you know, part of what the sort of they want is for you to keep it in and feel small about it. So, I mean, even seeking out, you know, other men and just talking about it more and just, you know, constantly, I guess, you know, not hiding those feelings um, and not hiding the things that are that are happening to you and not taking them all on yourself and sort of build that support system that way. Another question? We're gonna do about five. So. Hi, 
Um, I've been a fan of yours for years and Can you years. Stand up. Um, but I uh, wanted to know, as someone who lives in California and has followed the U.S. Women's National Team for years, how do Californians support the women's team when there's no team in California? Like, how do you I know. think we should um, support them? You can buy season tickets for other teams and then just give them away or something. Um, I mean, there's games on TV now that you can watch. Um, before that, you can stream games. Um, you can buy merchandise. You can obviously come to the national team games if you can. Um, and I think just talking about it and spreading the word and get people to either watch games with you or just sort of letting them know that it's happening. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way. Even just to, to watch the games and to you know, make sure everyone around you is watching them, I think it's very helpful. All right, another question right here. Uh, the kids asked a question about the bully in the White House. So for better or for worse, I just wanted to go there for a second. And as observers and as marketers, I'm interested in understanding a little bit about the anatomy. You're in a very interesting spot, like with the squad and with Gold Star families, where all of that attention has been fixed on you at some point. And I'm curious, is it a huge bang and then it goes away? Or do you feel like your management team is still fielding questions and, and opportunities and negatives at the same point? Maybe they're yeah. in the back. Yeah, um, like, how does that work? And uh, is there a big long tail in all of that? Did you worry about kneeling? You obviously don't worry about it. No, yeah. I didn't tell anyone I was kneeling. I probably should have. They were like, oh, okay, well, this is a thing. Um, <laughs> To be honest, I think the kneeling taught me so much um, about being in this moment now. I'm extremely thankful for all that um, I went through. I think the negativity is so much less than it feels like. Um, I mean, even with the, the president tweeting, the amount of people that then came <laughs> up to me or supported me or on Twitter or whatever after that was, you know, just far succeeded anything of the negative. And I think sometimes you know, Twitter in particular, because it's just comments yeah. all the time. You know, you get some crazy comment, you're like, oh my God, that's insane. You know, and the person has like four followers right. and like, you know, is following four people. It's like, this is not- well, It's a Russian bot. Yeah, exactly. It's like right. not even um, a real sort of thing. So I actually don't even, I don't really care about just this sort of explicit negativity. I don't look at comments or anything like that. If you have like the other side that you want to talk about, then I'm totally interested in that um, and willing to have that conversation. But I don't even really like look at all the negativity. I think there's so much more support, um, people willing to have like a genuine conversation about things than there is that negative. Like no one has ever come up to me ever and said one negative thing, like ever. It's all like, and maybe that's just, it's easier to come up and say like, I love you than to have a conversation or no, a hard conversation. People are not shy these days to say negative things to people. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, I've never, yeah, yeah I'm, I, haven't, I haven't had that. I mean, even in my own family, I think the way that they approach it was more like, let's have a conversation because we're sort of interested about this, even though, like, I wholly disagree with what you're doing. Um, in terms of this moment, I think we're still sort of in the, the bang and we're kind of waiting for the dust to settle and we'll see... Um, where all that is. My inbox is out of control. My computer broke. I don't know what happened. I'm like trying to do it on my phone. Um, I'll have to like get to the inbox, but the management team is, is very much on it and uh, fielding all of the inquiries and questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you don't think it has a negative, you just keep doing it, I'm guessing, right? It seems to be working. 
Yeah, okay. I don't think it has a negative. Um, right. I mean, there was actually a, a, a significant drop-off in... Um, I have a business with my sister as well. We do camps and clinics and have a small um, clothing line. I mean, there was like a, a day, you know, the day before and then the day after the kneeling was dramatically different. The, you know, sales at our clinics was dramatically different. Um, I felt like sponsorship opportunities. Um, I didn't get dropped by any sponsors, but then again, I didn't really have any. So it's right. like, didn't get any new ones either. Right. Um, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Um, and even on the national team, I didn't, you know, from basically from like the last time I kneeled, it was like in October, I think. I didn't roster again until the rule was made that I had to stand. So, so, so the kneeling was worse than the Trump tw tweet. Oh yeah, the Trump tweets was like, go girl, made me famous. Right, yeah, right, yeah. I'm yeah. like, thanks, Donald. <laughs> okay, <laughs> appreciate it. Do you ever expect to meet him? Um, what would you say? Besides, I no, I will not have that McDonald's hamburger. Yeah, Go ahead. Um, I don't know what I would say. I, I, I mean, I suppose I would just tell him why I, I think his message is so harmful and how it's harming people and how it's excluding people. I think I said this on Anderson Cooper. You did. Um, he really put me on the spot, by the way. I was like, dang, Sorry. dang, Anderson, this is a hard one. But just how harmful. But I don't, I don't know if he's you know, open to listening, really, to anything. Um, so that's, that's why I'm not interested in going to the White House. I'm not interested in having any sort of conversation. I'm not interested in saying, oh, if you do this for us, then we'll come to the White House. Um, I don't think he's interested in hearing what anyone has to say, really, mm -hmm. um, other than, than himself and, and, yeah, just anyone. I don't think, even the base, I don't think he cares what they say either. He's just doing whatever he wants to do. Okay, next question. We have one last question. One last question. Okay. Thank you. Hello. I have three daughters, and I will tell you, my oldest 10-year-old daughter almost rode her bike from Boston to California <laughs> when she heard you were coming. So this is from her. Uh, she wants to know about your role as um, captain and how, yeah, do you, how do you hold the power of that role when you have so many rock stars on your team? Yeah, that is um, an interesting one. I mean, I think, I think my leadership style is sort of a mix of like extroverted and introverted. Um, I try to first and foremost sort of set the example that I, you know, want everyone to follow. And I think with that comes a little bit of edginess too. I think, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's like, you know, I'm like, you know, occasionally late and like, you know, I don't like wearing all the same things all the time. So I feel like I have this lightness about it um, that allows other people to feel as if they can be themselves as well within the sort of concept of not doing anything that's explicitly harmful to the team or to the other players or whatever. And then I think as an older player, just trying to sort of pass on experiences to the younger players and also, you know, look out for them. Um, it's been a, a tough cycle, um, a really tough cycle sort of emotionally and mentally and psychologically for everyone. So having been through that and, um, you know, sort of being a little bit more equipped to deal with that and the pressures of what it means to be on the national team and trying to make rosters, just trying to keep an eye on everyone, almost like they're like my little kids. Um, but also, like, let them be free and sort of empower them in that way. And then for the older ones, um, I mean, I think you just have to be really honest and 
a little direct, which can be uncomfortable at times. But um, I think that we all have a good level of respect for each other. Not everyone's best friends. You don't have to be. Um, but I think everyone has the right amount of respect for each other where we can be really honest. And if you know someone needs to come up and say something to me or vice versa, then we sort of have that. But yeah, I try to take on as much as I can personally, I think, for the team because I think I'm good at handling a lot in that way, especially when we got to the World Cup and media and all of that. Like, I'd rather have it be on me and I can, you know, sort of deflect in the, in the ways that I've become good at and sort of let the kids just enjoy it. All right, I'm going to ask the very last question. I ask this of every entrepreneur, and I think you are an entrepreneur in a lot of ways. Um, what is one mistake you made, whether in sports, life, wherever, uh, and what you learned from it? And then what is the mm. one thing you think you do the best? Gosh. Um, I never make mistakes. Yeah. That's my answer to that, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really look, I don't have, I mean, I guess re uh, regrets, I guess, are different than yeah, mistakes. Well, you can do regrets. Um, I don't have any regrets. Um, Good. I guess with the, with the kneeling, maybe if I was a little bit more prepared, but I don't think I could have really been prepared for that. I don't think I was naive, but but it's just hard to be prepared. I don't know. I don't feel like I've made, I mean, I've certainly made mistakes, but I don't really regret any of them. The thing I do best. I think that I disarm people very well. And so then I can talk about the things that I want to talk about um, and that I think are important and sort of bring them in. I think I make people feel comfortable and relaxed. All right. Megan Rapino, everybody. Thank you, Megan, for coming on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My executive producer, Erica Anderson, is at Erica America. My producer, Eric Johnson, is at Hey Hey ESJ. If you like this episode, and if you didn't, I don't know what's wrong with you. We'd really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. And make sure to check out our other podcasts, Recode Media, Pivot, and Land of the Giants. Just search for them in your podcasting app of choice. Thanks also to our editor, Joel Robbie. Special thanks to Yasmin Melendez and Cheryl Dija. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then. HBO Max brings all of HBO to your fingertips, plus an epic list of new Max originals. Whether you're into animation, classic movies, or binge-worthy series, HBO Max's suggested collections are curated by real humans, not robots. So you find the right thing to watch every time. With thousands of options for you and the family to choose from, it's the streaming platform of your dreams. HBO Max, where HBO meets so much more. Start streaming now at HBOMax.com. Listener.